Hi, everybody. I'm Troy Kennedy, and this is Hero Worship, and we are in our third week of our journey together as we get to know Jesus, to walk with Him, to become more like Him, to live in imitation of the Savior, because there's no one more admirable, no one more worthy of our worship. And so our desire to get close to Him, to cultivate intimacy with Him, we we want to be like Him. You know, we become like the thing that you worship. Inevitably, we are made to worship. And so we are focusing our hearts and the whole of our lives for 12 weeks here on a journey together through hero worship. And if you're new with us, this is a podcast that is a companion to my book, Hero Worship, A 12-Week Journey to Become More Like Jesus, and uh, which you can get at Amazon or ChristianBook.com. And um, I would just want to encourage you as you do this, and if you are doing this by yourself or in community, that you process what you're learning and experiencing with one another. Ask yourself the question as you go, what part of this particular practice was easy for me, uh, was intuitive for me, and what part of it was challenging, what part of it was difficult? Because it's going to be different for different people as you go along. Some of these things are just natural to some of us, and some of them are not. And so this week, we're going through Jesus' new scripture. Jesus' new scripture. Now, this sounds really obvious, you know, because Jesus is who he is, and he's the great rabbi. He's the great teacher. At 12 years old, he was in the temple, you know, wowing the the, uh, priests and the rabbis there with his understanding of the scope of scripture. But for you and I, it's, it's even bigger, it's even more profound as we have the hindsight of the New Testament to look back on. Jesus had this encyclopedic knowledge of scripture. He used it when he was facing temptation. He used it as, as a way of pointing people to himself. He says, I didn't come to abolish the law and the prophets, but I came to fulfill them. See, Jesus himself is the object of the Old Testament. And uh, he even said to the Pharisees at one point, he said, hey, you know, your boy Moses, right? You see, he's your guy. He's your man. But you missed the point because the whole time Moses was talking about me. He was trying to lead you to me. And you missed the whole deal. You really talk about a, a, a exercise and missing the point. So Jesus, he tells us these things about himself. And this is just not something you say casually. This isn't something that some nice guy, good first century teacher is saying. He's making extraordinary claims about himself. So I want to take you to the book of 1 Peter as an addendum or a a way to augment your experience as you go through this chapter in the book. And uh, I ran into this a little while ago, and I don't know why I never saw it before, but it just is stunning when you see what Peter is saying here in 1 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 10. So I'm going to read the whole thing for you, and then I'll break it down for you just a little bit. And we'll unpack this for a minute. So, starting at verse 10, he says this, Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you, when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. So just to back that up to verse 10, uh, previous to verse 10, you know, verses one through nine, Peter is talking about 
salvation. He's talking about the gift of salvation. He's talking about your new life in Christ, this thing that was given to you through the great work of Jesus. And then when he hits this in verse 10, this is the thing that just just absolutely blew my mind. It says this, concerning this salvation, this thing we've been talking about, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you, remember Moses, Jeremiah, Isaiah, David, everybody was pointing forward to the coming Messiah. He said this, they, those prophets searched intently and with the greatest care. So they were pointing to a salvation that was to come to Israel, that was to, going to come through the Messiah. And then in verse 11, they said they were trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing. Just full stop. The Spirit of Christ in Moses and David and Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Daniel. The Spirit of Christ in them. We're talking about this is long before the New Testament. This is long before the life of Jesus in his earthly ministry. He's saying that the Spirit of Christ was in the Old Testament prophets, pointing them forward to the Messiah. He says, to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. So get this. The Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, is inspiring and guiding the Old Testament prophets, pointing forward to himself. Does that not ring a bell there for you? Does that not kind of blow your mind a little bit? The Spirit of Christ was speaking through the Old Covenant authors, pointing to himself. And it says this in verse 12, it was revealed to them, that's as Moses and David and Isaiah, it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you, when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have breached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. So then he's just saying that Moses and David and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Daniel, they were pointing forward and that there was, they were preaching about a salvation that was coming to the people that Peter is writing to the New Testament church, he's writing to you and I. And it was revealed to these old covenant authors that this salvation was coming to you and I, and they weren't serving themselves. They were serving us, you and I, right now, when they spoke of the things that had been told you by that same Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, who also inspires the apostles to author the New Testament. Even angels long to look into these things. So this is, this is what happens here in this passage of Scripture. The Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, the part of the great triune God, is speaking through Moses and David, Jeremiah and Isaiah and Ezekiel and Daniel, pointing forward to the coming salvation that was going to be in Jesus, was going to be in Christ. And then when Jesus leaves, he sends the Holy Spirit, who then inspires the apostles, the New Testament authors, to write about the salvation that came through Jesus for you and I. Here's why that's such a big deal. See, Jesus is the fulfillment of Scripture. He fulfills the law. He fulfills the prophecies. He is the uh, interpretive center of the entirety of the Bible. It all points to him. 
right? And, and, and here's the deal. It, was, it doesn't just point to him. He's just not fulfilled by him. It was authored by him. Jesus is present in the entire authoring of the special revelation of Scripture that you and I enjoy today. It's not like he was absent when Moses was writing. It's not like he was absent when David was writing. He was with them. He was uh, speaking through them. And I know sometimes it's hard when we think about the Trinity. We think about the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. They are three, and yet they are one. And very often in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul speaks about the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of Christ. In the book of Galatians, in the book of Romans, he, he, he very often refers to the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of Christ. There is a oneness to these, to, to these uh, aspects of Yahweh. But then even Peter points back to the spirit that inspires the old covenant prophets is the same spirit that inspired the New Testament apostles about the salvation that was coming to you and I. So, as you read through scripture, and I encourage you to read scripture with a plan. I encourage you to read scripture with intentionality. You, maybe you want to do one of these read through the Bible in a year or things. Maybe you're going to do a deep dive and things. Wh- whichever choice you make, here's what I want to encourage you to do. When you read Scripture for information, it's easy to miss the relationship. But if you read the Scripture for relationship, you get information thrown in. See, because it is the Spirit of Jesus speaking through Uh, the prophets speaking through the apostles. It is the same Spirit of Christ who is in you and in me, indwelt by the Spirit of God. You and I are temples of the living God. That same Spirit of Christ is in you with whom you have a relationship. Your experience with Jesus is with the Holy Spirit, is with the Spirit of Christ in you. And that's the whole beautiful full circle relationship that we have with God. The Spirit of Jesus speaking through the Scriptures is a Spirit who is alive in you and I the way we know Him, and He's helping us to understand and discern the Scriptures themselves. It is a transcendent, spiritual, relational interaction that you and I have when we linger in the Word of God and when we linger in intimacy with the Spirit of Christ. It is all a part how we know him, of how we hear his voice, of how we experience Jesus together. So, (laughs) as you read the scriptures, understand that there is something eternal happening, that it is something in the economy of the Spirit of God. It's more than words on a paper. It's more than checking off the chapters I'm supposed to read through in my read through the Bible this year, that particular day, it's how you know the heart of God and how he speaks to you. That is why it's so beautiful. And that's why it's so important. Don't miss that relationship. All the information will come, but read the scripture to know his heart, know his love for you. Who is he? Who are you? What has he done? And what kind of life you have with him today in his kingdom 
So next week, we're going to be talking about how Jesus spent time alone. And for some people, this is a really tough one to follow. Um, and so we'll unpack that a little bit. In the meantime, you can uh, always find me on social media. You can find me on my website, TroyMKennedy.com. Um, and I would encourage you to sign up for my newsletter just to get a little bit of a touch of encouragement every week. It's called the One Small Thing Newsletter. And you can go in there and you can sign up for that. You just get a quote from me, a quote from somebody else, and one small thing that you can do or think about that week and your journey with the Savior. God bless you as you worship our great hero. And I'll talk to you next time. Thank you.